Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 28. In today's episode, I am going to be talking to you guys about fat loss plateaus. We're about eight weeks into the new year, and if you have not already experienced a plateau, hopefully I'm getting to you before it happens, um, or maybe it's already happened, but I, I wanted to take an episode to just kind of educate you guys on what's going on, how to troubleshoot it, what to be looking for, and and things that you can do to hopefully jumpstart things and get you going back in the right direction. Uh, but first and foremost, if you are listening and you are enjoying this podcast, please make sure you subscribe and also let me know that you're listening by shooting me a message on either Instagram, Facebook, or even in my email box because I have my information in the show notes for you guys to reach out to me. I want to know how I can help you. So if you are looking for more information, you are looking for more guidance on your own journey, shoot me a message. I want to know how I can help you more. Specifically today, I want to help you guys with these plateaus. First and foremost, are you actually in a plateau? Okay. I think that it's really easy for people to get hung up with. They should be seeing a one to two pound loss every single week. And I'm here to tell you that fat loss, weight loss is not linear. Some weeks you might lose two to three pounds. Others, you might not lose a thing. And that's all part of the process, right? So when you're thinking about yourself and you're like, am I actually in a plateau? Ask yourself that. How long have I actually been stuck at this weight? Your weight is going to fluctuate from day to day, and there's a lot of things that are going to affect your weight. So I would say don't consider yourself in a plateau unless you've stayed at the same weight for like three weeks. And so if you are only like one, 10 days in, you haven't seen any changes and nothing else has changed in your life, don't stress. Like keep going on your journey. At the end of the day, where you get does not matter as much as who you change as you become that new person or what you change in your life to become that new person. So Basically, what I'm trying to say is who you are now is what's more important than who you are at that one pivotal moment that you hit that magical number on the scale, because who you are now is who you're going to be then anyways. So what happens when we actually do hit a plateau? Before I go get into, into like the troubleshooting and all that kinds of stuff, I want to talk to you guys a little bit what's going on about what's going on in your body. So as we lose weight, as we lose fat, as we get into a bigger calorie deficit, all of those things our metabolism is going to adapt. It's called adaptive thermogenesis. It is part of the process. So in the old days of dieting, it used to be called quote unquote starvation mode. You know, people would say they're not eating enough to lose weight. Not necessarily true. What's happened though, is because they've lowered their calories, um, case in point number one, uh, now their body is basically troubleshooting whatever calories are available. So if there's a lack of energy to support maintenance calories, support support maintenance, it, your body is going to downregulate things that aren't necessary for sustaining life. So this is where if you're in too big of a calorie deficit, you might see things like hormone function gets off, or um, even your if you're a female, your period gets off. Um, maybe your ability to handle stress is a little bit off. Just weird things like that. Maybe your digestion's off. There's different things that are going to happen that are going to hope, hopefully help your body to conserve the energy for things that it needs, like pumping blood and breathing air and all of those kinds of things. It's part of the process. The other thing that happens is as you weigh less, your body needs less calories to maintain your body weight. So if you put a 20 pound vest on, you're going to be working harder than if you have no, no vest on, right? It's the same thing. Think of your fat like that weight vest, you know, as you're cutting fat, you are actually burning less calories just to, to sit around. Um, the other thing is that your training modality, as I just said, so if you're not, if you are losing fat and you're not, you know, tracking how much protein you're taking in, you're not strength training, you might be losing some muscle and you do sometimes lose a little bit muscle as you are losing fat. 
your muscle tissue does require calories to maintain. So if you're not maintaining your muscle mass, you're also having a little bit of a calorie change or a calorie need change based on how much muscle you now have. So there's multiple reasons why your body is going to adapt. It's not something you can necessarily prevent. You can blunt it and you can definitely make sure that you try and um, limit the effects of it, but it's part of the process. So there's a couple of things that you want to think about when you are looking at these plateaus. So you've, let's just say you've confirmed, yes, I've been in a plateau for the last three weeks. I don't know what's going on. Step number one is I want you to go back to my last episode, episode number 27, where I talk about my fat loss checklist. If you can check all the boxes, everything's good. Now we're going to go on to step number two. Okay. So step number one is, are you making sure that you're tracking your food accurately? Are you making sure that you're, you know, everything is, everything is in line. There's no reason why you should not be seeing results. Now we're going into the stuff that matters that isn't necessarily measurable. It's not really controllable, but it is usually controlled by your actions, AKA your food and your exercise habits. How's your sleep? How's your stress? Okay. Those two things are first. So are you actually sleeping through the night? Are you waking up frequently? Are you having a hard time falling asleep? How is your stress levels throughout the day? Are you running on empty all the time? Are you feeling like you're constantly thinking about stuff? Is your mind constantly racing? How's your energy? Do you have enough energy to get through the day? Have you noticed a big plummet in your energy? What about your hunger levels? Are you getting super hungry or are you not hungry at all? What about your digestion? Are you going to the bathroom regularly? Have you noticed any changes in that? How about cravings? Cravings are different than hunger. Are you getting cravings for things like mm, something salty, something sweet? What about your gym performance? Are you seeing any changes there? Are you feeling lack of motivation to go to the gym? Um, and then last one is a really important one, but how's your mood? Are you anxious all the time? Are you depressed all the time? Are you finding it that you're more irritable? Like all of those things matter. If you're having any negative biofeedback and if the negative is outweighing the positive, chances are what you might need to do is what you don't want to do. The, the dieting habit is if I'm seeing a plateau happen, then I should probably drop calories. And yes, for some, that will be the case. But for others, I'm looking at this biofeedback and I'm saying, I'm getting really bad biofeedback from you. I think that your body's saying I need more calories. And there's a couple of ways that I navigate this. I'm going to go over my strategies. This isn't like a this isn't like a one size fits all and it's not saying that my strategies is what everybody uses, but most good quality nutrition coaches are going to do something similar because the goal is to test out what higher calories do for your biofeedback. So if I'm getting all of this bad biofeedback and you're on that fat loss checklist, you're checking all the boxes off, I'm able to see your nutrition habits. Um, I'm going to stop right here and say the one thing that I'm going to also look at is your macronutrient balance. So this is where if you are following a very um, restrictive dieting protocol, protocol that might cut back on food groups, whether it be low fat or low carb, um, or even low protein, if you're following like a vegetarian diet and not watching your protein intake, um, that I'd be looking at that as well. And I would be making sure that that's actually in a good place for what you need. So for instance, if you're a CrossFit athlete and you're getting ready for the CrossFit Games Open and you're seeing that your training volume is going up and you're taking in less carbs than, and higher fat, I'm probably just going to play around with a little bit of your macronutrient balance. However, 
if you are knowledgeable and you're doing this the right way and you understand the macronutrient breakdowns that you need for your specific lifestyle, then I'm going to be talking about what's called, some people will call it a refeed day, not a cheat day. But what it basically is, is I'll normally take one to two days and I'll say, hey, I want you for the next two days, let's just bump up your calories a little bit. Usually I'll bump up carbs and a little bit of fat based on the person. Let's see what happens with your biofeedback first. And we'll also take a look at the scale. I will always tell this person to expect there might be some weight fluctuations if I'm increasing carbohydrates, but it should be minimal and it's just glycogen. It's not fat. Your body doesn't put on fat in two days. So what I'm going to be looking for is for some people, if they had no appetite, I want to see them get an appetite. I want to, I want them to tell me, Hey, I'm actually a little bit more hungry. Uh, I'm also looking at how is their sleep? Do they see any improvement? Did they get any better energy, any better mental focus, all of those things. The other thing is like some people are so out of tune with how bad they feel that they don't even know that. So if they're, if they're giving me answers like, no, I don't know. I really don't notice anything. I'm going to try this anyways, because chances are, if they don't know how bad they feel, when they feel better, they're going to go, oh my God, I didn't realize how bad I felt. So I'm going to look at that too. So that's what I'll do is I'll, I'll take one to two days. I'll bump their calories up. I'll give them a little bit of what's called, I would, I want to call it a little bit of a break in the week or a break in the diet um, and see if that works. If I do that, sometimes the weight loss starts to happen instantly. I'm like, okay, cool. That's what we need. And I will now start to actually utilize that more frequently to prevent it from happening again. So I'll normally start to say, let's go ahead and bump up calories for a couple of days every 10 to 14 days or so. And usually that kind of is a cycle that I use that individual client. There is not one way for every client. Every, every person's very different. And this works very well for people that are very dialed in. If somebody is not dialed in and they do have a lot of variance in their diet, this does not work as well because oftentimes eating out and things like that are causing too many variables. So it's important to know that for these types of strategies, if this person's really in a plateau um, and they are doing everything right, this is where I'm going to go. If you know that there are some limiting factors outside of or that are within your control, I'm going to have that person control those things first. Now, if I do the diet, the high days, three feed days, and the plateau doesn't break, and they're still not seeing results, I'm then going to be looking at their calorie intake in comparison to their total daily energy expenditure, or basically what their body needs to maintain their weight. So I'm going to take a look at how far off their numbers are from that. If they're in a severe calorie deficit, and which normally doesn't happen with me, but sometimes it's just the way it goes. Um, and they're not responding to the the high days, the refeed days, then I'm probably going to suggest that person does a call a very a little bit more of a controlled diet break. I am going to bring calories up. I'm going to say, hey, let's spend some time at maintenance. Let's get your body feeling better. Let's wait until biofeedback comes back, and then we'll try and start to to drop things back down again. That's usually super frustrating for people because they see it as they're not making progress. But in fact, that is part of progressing is these plateaus are going to happen and it's part of the journey. And so sometimes if you miss out on taking these steps, you're never going to see the thing that comes after the step. And so taking the time to do these things is so important. <clears throat> so those are the kind of like the things that I'm going to use to assess biofeedback. Now, let's say this person hits a plateau and I'm looking at other variables besides just their diet. And this goes back to, has anything else changed in their life? So 
if the fat loss checklist is in is all checked off, um, their tracking habits are good, their compliance is good. I'm going to be looking also at their exercise activity and their non-exercise activity. So if that has changed drastically with them in that cut, then I'm going to honestly tell them that maybe we need to talk about like that is also part of maybe they need a little bit more calories because metabolic adaptation is going to start to have that person start to slow down in their life. So either it's me telling them to do a little bit less high intensity stuff and do more like non-exercise activity. So things like walking and just moving throughout the day um, to see if that happens. The other thing to, to note about this that I'll also kind of wanted to talk about today was <clears throat> adaptation to cardiovascular exercise is a lot quicker than adaptation to strength. So what I mean by that is, you know, even though fitness takes a long time to build, um, strength takes a lot longer. And so when a person first starts running, they're going to progress pretty quickly in the beginning. So it's easier to measure like your progress that way, right? It's like, oh, I, you know, day one, I could barely run 200 meters. And, you know, if I run every day by the end of the week, I'm probably running four to 500 meters. It might be slow, but I'm making progress. Your body adapts very quickly to cardio. And it's the same thing with fat loss. So people that are doing a lot of cardiovascular exercise to lose weight in the beginning, if that's how they kind of jump started the fat loss, their body's likely adapted to that cardiovascular exercise pretty quickly. If they're six to eight weeks in and they're seeing a plateau, no matter how hard they push in the gym in terms of cardiovascular exercise, their body's adapted. And the only way to really get them to see more progress is then to add more cardiovascular exercise in volume. And that's not always easy when you have a limited time in the gym. So that's where I'll often ask a person, how much weight training are they doing? And if a person is not doing a lot of strength training, I might not actually even be addressing their calories if they are giving me pretty good biofeedback, their calorie intake is okay, they're not in a super big calorie deficit, and maybe I am looking at their training like they're maybe training too much cardio. Maybe I'm asking them to step up the weights. Maybe it's talking to them about you know the importance of strength training for fat loss and the importance of building muscle and what it actually takes, and then that might be the avenue that I take with them. So it's not always adjusting the food. Sometimes it is adjusting the training. And this is so big guys, because for so many people, we get so hung up on the diet. Your body composition is a result of so much more than your nutrition. That is a huge piece of it, but like I would say probably 80 to 85%, but the other 15% matters. And that I would say, let's, let's call nutrition 80%, you know, maybe even 75% now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like actually kind of like wanting to actually make a little percentage chart here because nutrition is a huge piece of the puzzle, but like your lifestyle factors matter, your exercise matters, your body composition, you know, like what you're doing to train that matters so much as well. So there's more pieces to the puzzle is what I'm trying to get at. So if you are just thinking about like, I've got to cut my calories out, I've got to cut this out. Sometimes looking at your lifestyle and maybe it's not making yourself more miserable. Maybe it's actually, you know, just changing your training up a little bit. Speaking of miserable, the other thing that can be affecting your weight loss is honestly your attitude. And I know that sounds crazy, but the way you are perceiving something actually is going to affect the results of it. I know that sounds crazy, but putting more stress and emphasis on the scale is only going to raise your stress levels. Every time you get up in the morning to weigh yourself and you don't see the number go down, you've now created a stress response. Whether you think you have or not, it's subliminal stress on your body. So 
the more you keep focusing on the results, you know, like, yeah, you do need to be watching progress, but if you're always thinking about it every single day, you're honestly just not living the life that you should be living, which is letting the, the results be secondary to the amazing thing that you're taking on. I mean, as much as I know that like fat loss, weight loss is, is not something that's so much fun, but it, it requires a lot of dedication, effort, and focus. And that's a good, those are good characteristics to have. Those are good traits for any person. If you can commit to yourself and doing those things, like that's, what's really important. That's where progress and that's where success is made. That's where your results are going to come from. Is that those habits?